Vanity. Definitely the greatest movie of all time. Today on the show, The Devil's Advocate. The greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie podcast is the greatest movie. Come on and hear me now. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time podcast, the show in which I, your co-host, the demon, Rick Barrasso. And I, your co-host, the big devil, Boski. The big Dex advocate. Dex Boski's advocate. Eh, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know about that one. You know what? Hold on. I'm just an advocate. Rick Barrasso, your co-host, I think. Okay. Uh, So this is the show in which we watch every single movie ever made and we help figure out which is the greatest of them all how are you doing today Derek? doing pretty good how about you i'm doing great doing fantastic i definitely was not hung over for a full 24 hours yesterday good good i'm yep. glad to hear that you weren't yes so today uh we are going to advocate for old scratch himself beelzebub the devil lucifer but let's take care of some business first Last week, we had an episode. Well, I shouldn't say we had an episode, but our uh, our good friend, friend of the show, Chris Bonapani, and I had an episode on Predator. Did, Derek, do you get a chance to watch Predator yet? I have not watched Predator yet. And it might, I'm it, depending on my schedule, it might be the one on our list coming up that I might not have seen. <laughs> oh, so okay. Hopefully, I'll I'm get it. I'm very disappointed if we don't get to, to, to talk about your Arnold opinions. But that know. was a great episode. Uh, Check that one out. First episode or, without me. It's true. It's true. The first one. Let's not actually. That's that's false because Chris and I did an Oscars episode. That you well, I guess full first I guess regular episode. first regular episode. Yeah. Second episode. We didn't hear dulcet tones, and even then, I think we still heard you in the song. So yeah, that's true. Yep. So really, even though you weren't there, you were there in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, check uh, check that episode out. Any of our library. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts whatever app you use and if you enjoyed it or if you have anything else you want us to cover let us know on social media we are the greatest movie of all time podcast on facebook we are at great movie cast on twitter we are at something else on instagram because i haven't updated my notes yet and derek you know what it is so of course you're gonna say we on instagram we are at greatest movie pod we're greatest movie pod on instagram uh and you can always shoot us an email at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And as our old advocate, Bruce Wayne, would say, tell your friends about us. But now let's look at the source, son. The Devil's Advocate is a 1997 supernatural legal drama directed by Taylor Hackford. It stars Keanu Reeves as Kevin Lomax, Al Pacino as John Milton slash Satan, uh, Charlize Theron as Marianne Lomax. It made $153 million and a $57 million budget. Nice. It's got a 7.5 on IMDb, a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 60% on Metacritic. Ebert. 
two and a half out of five. Didn't hate it, didn't love it. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, he says, the movie never fully engaged me. My mind raced ahead of the plot and the John Grisham stuff clashed with the Exorcist stuff. Uh, Mick LaSalle. I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a clip of Eddie Barzoon getting killed, but with Robert Ebert's head on it and me being the homeless man. Robert Ebert again. Who's this guy? That you Roger Ebert. After? Roger Ebert. <laughs> There's some guy named Robert Ebert like out there by chance. He's, He's like, I didn't, I didn't even do anything. I didn't, I didn't do nothing. I don't even watch movies. <laughs> He sounds like for some reason he's, he's listening. Robert Eber. For some reason he doesn't watch movies but listens to this podcast. Yeah. My my kid listens to this podcast and I'm listening and they're going after me. My son Roger Ebert. <laughs> the kid's just like twelve, but he looks exactly like Roger Ebert with oh, the glasses man. and the gray hair. God. Uh, so uh, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle says this movie's greatest strength is that it becomes more complex and rewarding as it goes along. And for a negative one, Mark Savlov of the Austin Chronicle says, rarely do we encounter such a brazen example of the so-bad-it's-good genre of filmmaking. Derek, uh, when did you first see this movie? I don't remember, man. It was a long, long time ago, and I, I must have seen this movie... In the past, I've been like, oh, I've seen it like 50 times. But then I realized like watching a movie 50 times is really a ton of times. It's a lot of so times. I'm going to be realistic and say that I've seen this movie about 15 times, which is still a shit ton. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, – I mean I chose this movie. It's uh, – I'm a big Al Pacino fan, obviously. Um, I love the genre. I love the supernatural, satanic stuff genre in movies. I think it's usually done really well. It can be really cheesy at the same time. But um, yeah. This is uh, this is this is a, a D pick. Yeah, this is a movie where I caught the end of it so many times on like TNT. Yeah, at, like ten thirty, <laughs> and I was just like, uh, "This is like I've, I've seen the end of this movie probably like like ten times, maybe right." But like I, I've only watched it all the way through like a handful. It's like maybe one or one or two times. Okay, uh, before today, before this week, um, it's. I mean, it's. It's interesting. We'll we'll get to, to our thoughts on it. Um, I don't think it's a total whiff, but I think there are some some pretty glaring issues with the movie. But we'll uh, we'll certainly talk about them. Certainly uh, will, Rick. We certainly yes, we will. will. We'll find yeah. out what you have to say because I'm already getting a very negative feeling about you. No, 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 no. It's 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 not it's not like this is not a wild wild west situation where I'm like <laughs> this is bullshit. There's good stuff in this. Hey, you were outvoted in the last in that episode, so I don't know. I, what you're talking, I, I don't know I what went, you're talking about. I went straight to the wild wild west alone. <laughs> I mean, me and my giant spider. Me and Chris went to the excellent excellent east. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's talk about what happens in the movie. Um, do we have a song this week? You just count me down. Oh, I'm gonna, oh, 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 we're back to songs, boy. Oh, oh, baby. Boy, we're going to do the song that, sorry to step on your toes, that you think should have ended this movie. All right. Sympathy for the Devil by, nice to meet you, Derek. Let's the, do it. by the Stolen Rones. All right. Um, yeah, Jack Nagger is, uh, is a huge, huge influence on her. <laughs> yeah. <her work. laughs> All right. Uh, three, two, one, go. Kevin Lomax is a lawyer on an undefeated streak. He is poached by a New York law firm run by John Milton. Lomax quickly moves up, defend, moves up defending higher profile clients, but the strain of the work alienates his wife, Mary, who begins to have hallucinations. Mary is institutionalized and commits suicide. Turns out Milton 
is the devil. Also, it turns out Kevin is his son. Milton tempts Kevin to have sex with another lawyer who's actually his sister. Kevin rejects the temptation and kills himself, but somehow also goes back in time to a case he won in Florida, but intentionally loses. Milton reveals that he's still watching Kevin. All right, 29 seconds. All right. Nicely done. Let's talk about what we like about this movie. And this, there, there is uh, a lot to like in this movie. Um, but well, let's, so let's talk about it. Derek, what's your number three favorite scene? Yeah, you know, you're right about that. I think there's a lot of scenes that you could choose in this because there's a lot of really, really neat ones. Um, I actually really, really struggled putting together my top three. My number one was pretty obvious, but the number three, and again, these could be interchangeable at any point. The, the rest of this week, I could have a whole different, at least uh, second and third. But I guess if right now, I think that my third favorite scene is the scene where uh, Kevin meets Weaver out on the street during Eddie, Barzi- Eddie Barzoon's funeral. Mm-hmm. And Weaver tries to contact him and, and kind of fill him in on what John Milton's actually into and what he's about. And meanwhile, there's this really like fun slash creepy slash go- slash kind of goofy segment where Al Pacino's like walking around the church and like kind of like sarcastically looking at like all the angels and like Jesus. And then he puts his ah, finger, ah, yeah, he puts his finger in the water finger. and he yeah. looks right at the camera and it's just hilarious. And then Weaver gets fucking demolished by that car <laughs> and uh, he dies and stuff. And it's just, it, what a scene. It would have seen the, 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 you know, very intense. Um, and uh, it's just funny how, you know, basically, I mean, basically the scene is like Weaver's like trying to stop Kevin from continuing to work with Milton. Milton obviously being the devil knows what's happening and kills him with his magic. Cause he's Satan. He um, and it's a lot of, it's just, a, it's, I mean, I, I say this in a, in a very friendly, I love Pacino way, but it's a very fun scene, even though it's not very fun in context of the movie. It's a very, you know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, Pacino's Pacino's having a ball here. Uh, yeah. You're going to, yeah, you're going to notice uh, a theme in my top three, I think, as we go along. Uh, my number three scene is the scene where uh, they're on the train and Milton tells the guy in Spanish. Love it. That his, his wife is cheating on him with a, with a drug dealer. And it's really like, I think it's the first like overtly like supernatural thing we see that he does. Yeah. Um, he like, we see him speaking all these languages and like, that's kind of weird. But it's like, yeah, I know what's happening. And he just like totally disarmed the guy. And Keanu's oh, like, oh I'm say? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Keanu's looking was like, what'd you say, man? What'd you say to him? Uh and uh yeah, this is uh it's it's a super fun scene. It's 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 Pacino having having a ball here. He's like, Oh yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, and he's like he's you know, he, they're smoking crack on your favorite green bedspread. Uh it's a very interesting yeah. thing that he says, and then he, and, then, he and, the and then and then he's gonna yeah. fuck her up the ass, and then like the you know, it's funny. I've seen this movie so many times. I start to remember things from movies so well and imitate things as best as I can. And I always remember the last two words Pacino says in Spanish. Always, for some reason, at the end, he's just like, Donde merece? But the way he says it is so like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a good scene. It was almost going to make my top three. But uh, I love the line where um, he's like, he's like, get off my fucking train. And he's like, why? I'm, I'm having a good time. Like, what a weird, what a weird response. <laughs> Uh, yeah, good stuff. All right. So what's your number two? My number two is Marianne's death and the scene right after. Uh, and again, when we say favorite scenes, 
I think these are like the scenes that have, I mean, some movies I, I go top three favorite. Sometimes I just say do the top three most impactful scenes in the movie. Yeah. Um, for, you know, like City of God. That's, that's going to be next week. Yeah. And the, when the it's little, like, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like what I'm right. saying. Right. We, 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 we like how it's filmed. We yeah. like the impact it has in the movie. It's kind of like the City of God situation with like yeah. the little kids and stuff. That scene is terrifying, but it's so well shot and the impact is great. Um, Miriam's death is, is horrific. I don't turn my head. I don't skip scenes. I don't do anything like that on any shows or movies. But for some reason, when she digs that glass into her neck, I sometimes have to look away for a second. Uh, it's just, I just don't like that neck stuff. I just get fucking freaked out. Um, and it's, it's terrifying. You know, Marianne, she's like finally sort of calm and, uh, and, 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 you know, Pacino's girl there, Pat, I think her name is Pat. Um, Pam, Pam. Yeah. Pam uh, gives her the mirror and then Marianne sees she's like a demon um, and then locks everybody out of the room and then the glass breaks, she cuts her throat. And I have to say, people put Keanu Reeves down, but I have to say, I think that Keanu Reeves in this scene is probably in my top three of all time of most believable emotional criers. He does an amazing job. Gia says it too all the time. We're both watching the scene and she's like, man, Keanu knocks this out of the park in this scene. Like he's yeah. so believable. Um, and, and then right afterwards, he talks to his mom. And I love the scene where she's like, has to tell him like, listen, he's your dad. And, you know, obviously Kevin knows that it's more than that. It's more supernatural than that. And it's a behold, I say, I send you out as sheep amidst the wolves. And um, that's when Kevin kind of figures it out and stuff, but it's a really good sequence of scenes. And uh, it just sets up the ending so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, so my number two scene is uh, the death of Eddie. And really it's the, the portions with Pacino monologuing. Yep. And just kind of being like this. That's kind of like the one part in the movie where I'm like kind of buying way selling right now. Like there are a bunch of shitheads in the world and like everyone kind of sucks. The world is pretty shitty. In a lot mm -hmm. of ways, and he's just and he's just like they're just gonna get fucking wiped out, and it's it's just so so effectively done uh, as far as the dialogue and like the the hallucination of of Eddie when he's he's out jogging and he's like turning around, there's somebody there, they're gone, and then he's just stabbed to death by just a random assortment of homeless people that are that are there. They're not even stabbed; they they beat him to death with like with like oh, branches right. from a tree, right? Yeah, they try to steal his watch or something. I may even remember it exactly wrong, but like I'm kind of more focused on Pacino here. And he's just do he's you know, basically he's like like if if uh if Kevin's paying attention here, he's like, wow, this guy's a super villain. Yeah, um, but he's not. Uh he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna hang on for a little while longer. Uh, and that monologue is like it's very intense it's it's like the monologue that i can't remember that well the ending i i actually remember really really well because i did it in front of a class for a theater class but um i always remember pacino just saying the words fist fucked yeah <laughs> um but i love his emphasis in, in that scene yeah so what's your uh what's your number one scene uh my number one scene is the ending sequence i mean how can you not pick sure. that one it's just uh, well, I'm no puppeteer, Kevin, that whole beginning. And the scene goes on for so long, but it just never gets dull. It's just one of those scenes that I could go on YouTube and just watch that scene and be very satisfied. Yes. Um, and Pacino, I mean, he knocks it out of the park. Keanu Reeves knocks it out of the park. The, 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 you know, the actress who plays um, 
uh, Christabel, Christabella. Yeah, she's Connie she's Nelson. excellent. Yeah, yeah Connie Nelson. It, it, they're all great. Um, I did, you know, I was in a theater class in college before I actually started doing a crap ton of plays. I did a theater class and they were like, Derek, we want you to do, everybody wants to, you know, do a monologue. They were like, you can do a movie, but we'd rather you didn't because we want you to kind of portray your own thing. I didn't do that. I just did full blown Al Pacino in front of that class. And my professor, uh, may he rest in peace now, Mr. Robinson, uh, he gave me a standing ovation. He clapped for me for my Pacino impression, and I was very happy. But the who are you carrying all these bricks for anyway? God, that whole yeah. sequence. Um, he's laughing his sick fucking ass off. Like, well, let me tell you something about God. Yeah, no, yeah, this is uh, you know, this is my number one as well. Like, and it's just like, all right, let Pacino off the chain completely. Yeah, yeah, let him go nuts. But like, Pacino, tell us why God sucks. Like, okay, yeah, and, and you know, this this movie is based on a book. And I, I've always wanted to, to, to read the book and everything. And there's a couple of differences here and there. But, um, you know, I just letting Al Pacino go do his thing is just is just the best thing you could do. It's like for me, it's like death to smoochie, like having Robin, Robin Williams just do whatever you want. Yeah, um, it's it's beautiful. And I, the, all the little segments that Pacino has in that when he's like singing Frank Sinatra or miming to Frank Sinatra. And then he's like, Kevin's about to, like, have sex with his sister. And he's like, what about, what about love? And he's like, no different than eating large quantities of chocolate. Like, great. Here's my, here's my one issue with the scene is that her being his sister is completely unnecessary. and actually like detracts from it. Like if it was like, here's this beautiful woman you've been, you've been eyeing the whole movie. Like she's going to carry your baby. It's going to be the antichrist. She's half demon, whatever. And but it's like, actually, she's also your sister. I feel like you should know that uh, it, it's it's kind of strange, like it doesn't really uh, it, it, it almost makes the offer less tempting to Kevin. Right. Well, I, I mean, I, I see it's it just from... like he's the devil. He's more evil because it's incestual. Well, I, I feel like also, you know, the, the devil is smart. He's got two kids trying to reach this goal of you know whatever he wants them to do so it it doubles his chances it's yeah i, I guess it's because it's incestual it's like it's well, gonna be i think in this scene he's like he has, he's like, i've had a ton of kids and they're like you're the only you two are the only good ones like yeah i've had so many children yeah. I've had so many disappointments um it's uh and I, I, I really love the imagery in the scene too, like the wall in the background with those like weird demon things coming out. Yeah. It was very cool the way they did it. And it could have been like, a, you know, if they had filmed it any other way, it could have been very, very cheesy. And it wasn't. It was like right across yeah. that borderline of not being cheesy. But um, and then of course, one of my favorite shots in the in the whole scene and the whole movie for that matter is when after Kevin shoots himself in the head. Um, Christabella turns into like this like decrepit skeleton demon and then Pacino like his face turns into almost Keanu Reeves like yeah I was reading they did like they it was like a combination of Keanu Reeves and him in the Godfather oh wow yeah like it's not just Keanu Reeves it's like different faces laid over each other right right that that's really neat and uh, and then the wings come out and then it you know snaps snaps Kevin back to where he started and stuff and it's like you know, and, and I think, I mean, the explanation that I have is like he shoots himself. Obviously, you know, Kevin is part demon, too. Yeah. He's supernatural as well. Therefore, he's not dead. He can't. I guess he can't die, can he? And I think that ultimately, even though the scene is not on our top three, but the ending 
you just know that Kevin's just going to keep going into the cycle forever and ever and ever and ever and ever because vanity is just too strong in his blood. Yeah. Uh, or one of my favorite lines, the, the virtue of the devil is in his loins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, fantastic scene in my opinion. All right. So what's, uh, what, what's your least favorite part of the movie? Um, this is really hard for me because it's a movie that I really, really, really enjoy. And, um, you know, you don't look when you're looking at a movie and you look at all of the scenes, especially a horror movie or a movie like this, where you're like, okay, let me count on my hand. How many scenes were disturbing? Did they, did they, did, did they put too much shit in it? Where it was just overblown? Was there not enough stuff? It's kind of like the dark Knight. How often should the Joker be there? Is it, is there enough Joker? Uh, do you, you know, that sort of thing for me is, I think there was the perfect amount of stuff in there, but I really liked the stuff earlier in the movie, the voodoo stuff when like Kevin had to go and talk to Moyes. Yeah. And it was actually a deleted scene that I had watched where that lady who comes out of the voodoo shop and she like snaps her finger and the dog is like really, really quiet. Um, there was a little bit more of her and like what that whole thing is. And I, I kind of wanted us to see that a little bit more, but at the same time, I feel like it leaves more to the imagination. So it's not really a worst thing, but I would have liked to have just seen more of this universe. Yeah. Um, I guess that's really all I have. You know, I'm kind of a mark for this movie, so it's tough for me. Sure. So I have a few things. Um, like this, this movie is very much like a mixed bag for me. I like a lot of it. And I, there's a lot of it I don't like. Here's. So, I think the 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 spine of the movie. What really kind of bugs me about it is that it's like a morality play between like the like the big city is evil and like good country living is good. And it's like that dynamic just doesn't work for me. It's like, okay, like we know what happens in the fucking backwoods of fucking Northern Florida. Of course, the devil's son lives there. Right. Um, you know, but it's like whenever his mother comes up, it's like, come back to church in Northern Florida. Nothing bad ever happens there. All right. Okay. Um, almost everyone in the movie has the wrong accent. Like what, what are we doing with Keanu here? This, this, this is like the era, like this is right. It's a couple years before the matrix. Everyone's kind of like, what is Keanu as an actor? You know, is he an action guy? Is he, uh, you know, is, is he, uh, can he do drama? Can he be in Dracula? Can he be in this or that? And they kind of like get it with the Matrix. He's the action guy. He's the like, he's the karate guy. Makes sense. Um, this one, this role doesn't entirely work for me. I think there was some, if there was somebody else in the role, it would work a lot better. Or if they just said it, like they poach him from California instead. Like he's just a California guy. It makes like, it makes no sense why they were like, this guy's from the South. Um, Interesting. I actually, I, it's funny. I, I actually think I prefer her more in this movie than the matrix. I think, I think he falls kind of flat in the matrix for me personally, but I thought that, in a, I mean, again, he's acting with Al Pacino and he holds his own. Um, therefore, I give him so much credit. I mean, his accent. I, I got to tell you honestly, Pacino blows everyone off the fucking screen. Well, yeah, I, I agree, but I think that you know it would be it would have been. He's a, he's a good actor. I'm saying I'm not saying he's a bad actor. No, no, no I, I'm. But, and again, I mean, I'm just saying that like there are some moments in the movie that like for instance, me and Pascal Steve Constantino, we overblow the, the 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 lines in this movie. Like, there's a point where he comes back in the in the house and he's like, "What happened to the green? I love the green." Because yeah. the walls are yellow. Me and Steve are like, what happened to the green? I love the green. Because we remember the accent being so much worse. Um, but then two seconds later, he's like, 
Oh, baby. It's like, oh yeah. my God. It's bad but, sometimes. Yeah, like but... going, no, it's like, it's, it's imagine. So I like Keanu a lot. I do. Here's, here's the, like, imagine you have a car and it's like a, you have a brand new Ferrari and you're driving it. And it's just like the e-brake is on the whole time you're driving. It's like, why is this one thing holding back the performance so much? And like, it's, I feel like that's what the accent is, but they're, they're like, yeah, I, I think there's a few tweaks we can make. And here's, here's probably my biggest problem with, with, with the movie. All right. So much of this movie hinges on the temptation of Kevin to go after this woman in his office because he's so tired of his wife, Charlize Theron. Is he I, tired like, of her, though? I don't like, get that impression. He's like having sex with Charlize Theron. He's like, no, I'm just fantasizing about somebody else while I'm doing it. And it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, it's 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 bizarre. Well, it's, I mean, I just buy, I just find it just as foreshadowing as like, this is going to happen at some point. But I never get the impression that he's like tired of her. I mean... Let's face it, like we talked about the ending, the ending when he's crying over her is like intense. Yes. He's, you know, yes. no, he, he, he loves her. But what she represents is like the, the home he's tired of. He's, no, I, I get she's that. holding back his ambition. And like the fact that they literally are like, here's one of the most beautiful women in the world. And it's like, I just can't focus when I'm having sex with her. She can't do it. Like, it's, it's just it's baffling to me that, that that's the role they chose her to be in. It like it's it it's it's bizarre, um, but yeah, that's that like and that and so much of the movie hinges on that, and so much of his character hinges on that, and it's like when Pacino, who was excellent in that last scene, like we discussed, he's doing like the hard sell, and it's just like where's the temptation in this? It's like how about you just fuck your sister, and like forget about your wife who died ten minutes ago, like. Your blood, her blood's still on your shirt. Doesn't matter. Like it's, it's I, so much of like the base of this movie, and like the, the spine of this movie doesn't work for me. That it kind of takes away from some of the other stuff that otherwise is good. I guess if I had to choose one thing that I just kind of found a little bit like what what was the point of this um, was the scene where. Kevin is actually like partying after that Getty's case in the beginning, which by the way, the Getty's case whole that, that whole thing is fucking yeah. just horrific. Uh, and also great acting in that suit that scene too, by that girl who plays the, uh, the, the victim. Um, but um, he's partying and stuff. And then like the, the guy who Milton sends to go get him, And he's just like, Oh, he's like, you being black. Whose idea was that? And like, yeah. I, I didn't really under, I don't think that was necessary personally. Maybe the book explains that more, but it comes off to me. Like Kevin's like slightly racist. <laughs> um, but maybe not. I don't know. It was just kind of a weird choice. Yeah, it's it is it it is odd. It's it's an odd one. Um, so let's go to medals. Uh, who do you have? Uh, who do you have for bronze? My bronze goes to uh, Taylor Hackford, uh, the director of this film, and I like a lot of choices he makes with uh, the stylization, the different creepy, scary moments. Again, I, I mentioned it before, but like. There are times where you're like, this could have been so cheesy, but it's not. It's just right up above that borderline where it actually kind of works. Um, I, I used to be really terrified of the way there's two shots. There's one, the, the two different women in this movie, they, their face changes to like a demon face. 
And I used to just stay up all night thinking about those faces and it just creeped me out as a kid. And um, I thought they were really cool the way they did it. It wasn't, it, it was just kind of neat. Um, and I liked, besides the stylization, I liked the editing of the movie. I thought the pacing was nice. I never got bored. I felt that the movie just kept getting more intense. And that was the purpose. It was like that. Um, we talked about like Spielberg and the way he puts a, he crafts a movie and catch me if you can gets more intense. I feel like this movie is the same way. And he did a good job with making sure the suspense just keeps rising a little bit. Um, and so you get that big explosion of an ending. So I think that, uh, I think he deserves a spot here. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I can definitely get behind that. He didn't quite make my top three, but I, I definitely thought about it. Um, my, uh, my bronze goes to Charlize Theron. I think she's uh, great and um, she does get a lot to work with here. I, I think she's a little bit miscast, like I said, but I think her performance is great. I think they had to like, you kind of have to overlook how beautiful she is to be like, to, to appreciate the performance that she's giving. Well, uh, that, that's actually, that's actually one of my miscellaneous that I'll just mention now, but apparently they said to her that you're too beautiful for this role. They were right. And <laughs> Then she kept, she really wanted the role and I don't blame yeah. her because it's a good role and yeah. it's, it's going to elevate your career a little bit if it's seen by the right people. And she is beautiful. And, and I think that even both hairstyles, I'm like, she's gorgeous. Like yeah. <laughs> she nails it, you know, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, so who's your, uh, who's your silver? I had a tie uh, between Keanu Reeves and Charlie Theron. Um, I, like I said before, I think Keanu holds his own in this movie. I, I actually find him very enjoyable in every scene that he's in. He nothing about him bothers me. Even the accent sometimes I think is a little funny, but I, I, I just I think he's a. I think this movie really in his career finally like proves that like you know what he can be a lead, and he can do it pretty well. And I think that looking back on it, you're like, wait a minute, Keanu Reeves, the guy who was in Bill and Ted and I Love You to Death, like the really goofy roles he pulled off, but like. I like him here. He's serious. And I, I like his yelling and his screaming. I believe it. Um, and also uh, Charlize Theron, like I, she's like, we already mentioned that she's beautiful, but she's a great fucking actress. She is, yeah. And of, of course there's the roles she's had monster, like all the things like that. Incredible. But um, you know, the scenes where she's kind of going nuts, it's like, it's, it's terrifying. And one of the scenes that not, neither of us brought up um was the one where she finds the baby playing with her ovaries. Like, yeah. um, what an intense scene. And I yeah, love, the imagery I, in that, I yeah. actually, I actually really, really enjoyed the scene uh, where she's lying down and she's like, what are you playing with? And like, it's a heartwarming scene. Cause like she wants a child so bad of her own. So you yeah. can see the joy in her, in her performance there. Um, and then of course the scene in the church where she pulls the, the blanket off and she's naked and it's like, Whoa, like she agreed to do this. Um, and I mean, not to be a guy, but wow, what a body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, 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 all the scars and stuff and the screaming and the crying, like she kills it. She fucking kills it. Yeah. So great. And you can, you can tell, and like, it's, it's a great, I think we both talked about the scene, but we didn't talk about this line is in the, in the climactic scene when Pacino's like, all you need to do is love her. That's all you needed to do. Yeah. He's and, like, Mary Ann, you, 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 all you had to do was show her some love. Yeah. And, and like, you can tell that in the performance, like she's so desperate to like, just have her husband. Yeah. And she's, she, she really pulls that off, I think. Yeah. And, and another great moment. Um, I, I guess we can just get to the gold because I, I have a feeling we're both. I think, well, I think I still gotta, we still do silver. I guess do my silver. Oh, you're silver. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So um, my silver is kind of a big tie. Um, it goes to, it's something you mentioned, which I, I agree with a lot is like the set design, 
the effects and the makeup in this movie for 97 phenomenal yeah so like that all those teams i feel like it get silver because like i think you you get that kind of like it, it does have that kind of like slick 90s look mm-hmm. which i like um you know you get like the design of um of milton's apartment it's like even before the shit starts coming out of the walls you're like this is a very creepy place um the the design of their apartment where it's like it changes a little bit every time you're in there like it's a work in progress yep. um you know where the everything's one big test yes and it's i think they just do a, a great job of, of helping the story along yep because if like if you went too like you said if you like went too cartoony with it it doesn't work right if you went too bare bones with it doesn't work Yep. So I think that they, they everyone struck the right balance. I think the demon faces super creepy. Yep. Um, you know the makeup, like you said, the scars on Shirley's they're on when she, you know, when she takes the robe off or the blanket off in the church, um, very creepy. Uh, and I think they do a great job of like even before the supernatural stuff really gets in, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think. I just want to give all those guys a shout out, all those people a shout out. So gold, of course, Marlon Brando. I was going to say Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, what can we possibly say that we haven't already said before in the show about Al Pacino? I'm thinking, you know, the man is 82 now. He's going to probably be passing away within the next 10 years or so. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't. And, and, and it, I'm going to be honest with you. Like I've thought about it. I've thought about the impact that he has on me in my life. And I'm like, he's going to go down as probably, um, I, I probably the greatest actor of all time, if not at least top three, top five. Um, he is just phenomenal at everything that he does. And even when he's being cartoonish and stuff, he just has something about him that's super, super likable. And I will say um, just to foreshadow later with my recasting, but like I kept telling Gia, I was like, the thing about Pacino that's so interesting too is he—he's a handsome guy. Yeah. Um. And, and it's 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 tough to recast this role because nobody has the whole package like Pacino does. Um. There are good-looking guys who can act, but there's Pacino who's a good-looking guy who can act who's also has that flair above everybody else. He's like the, they but like the he, Rick yeah, flair of but wrestling. He, but he also, like, there there is that line where he's talking to to Keanu here where he's just like. I've had sex with these women and they look at like, they look at me after we're done. Like how the hell did that happen? Like, he's not an ugly guy. Right. He's like handsome guy, but he's not like square jawed. No, no, no. Six well, foot five, I, I like, always, I always weird. took it as that. Like he was a little guy short, you know, I, I kind of felt that way, but especially in his younger years, like in the, in the, in the seventies, he was oh, yeah. great looking like for, for, you know, sure, and no, uh, yeah, he's, he's got things, but like in, in 1997, he looks a certain way and he, it works for him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, but it, like it's it's not like we'll we'll get to I mean like I said we'll we'll get to recasting and like I I have my I kind of did the thing with casting so we'll 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 talk about that when we get to it yeah Which, yeah yeah I was gonna say just a couple more things like yeah. there's a scene between him and Charlie Theron where like they're at the party and he's sitting behind her and he's asking her to put her pull her hair back and the way he talks to her and the way he whispers to her like he really 
takes this role and just puts it in his pocket. Like the, that whole, like, yeah, of course, Pacino's crazy outburst Satan stuff is great, but the very quiet stuff too, when he's talking about like all the, the neck and the body and how they're connected and yeah. it, it like gives her chills and makes her smile. Like the devil's so sneaky too, the way he can convince you of things. Like he really got every angle of the role that I think that like, for instance, Gabriel Byrne really missed in the end of days. Um, not his fault. Well, just end a different of days is not, well, yeah. No, I get it. But like, you know, Gabriel Burns and also a, a great actor, but I think the script and the way he's portrayed is good, but I think he misses a little bit of what Pacino had. Um, and that's that it's just that, that all around everything, everything he does, he touches is great. Um, but uh, yeah. And, and just the little things in the movie where like, you know, he, he knows all these different languages and stuff like he's in the mm-hmm. street talking Chinese uh about the the, the chicken who plays tic-tac-toe and stuff and then and then oh let's take the subway it, it underground hell like yeah. i love all the symbology too but i could go on forever about pacino but he obviously not number one right um so let's go to recasting so i have uh milton i've got kevin and i've got mary do you have anybody else yep i also have christabella and i have eddie barzoon which okay i just want to mention something real quick about eddie barzoon yeah there's an irish song and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not Irish, so I don't know it by heart or anything, but I remember on Family Guy, they did it. And it was like, they just name all these names. They're like, uh, McCafferty, Tafferty, Tafferty, yeah. like whatever. And I remember my mom was trying to make me laugh one day and she was singing the song to me and she was doing her best to improv it. And she was just, I remember she was on her fourth line. She was like, Lafferty, Tafferty, 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 something, something, and Eddie Barzoon. And I fucking lost my mind laughing. <laughs> Because it was just so out of left field that she mentioned Eddie Barzoon <laughs> from The Devil's Advocate. <laughs> um, that's something that just came to my mind. What a poll. Yeah. Yeah. Great poll. Um, but so I guess I'll go first because I have those extra two characters. Yep. Um, I will start with my Christabella. Uh, I'm going with Lady Gaga. I, I yeah. think she's a proven actress at this Absolutely. point. I think she's beautiful. I think she would play it with some flair. Um, and it wouldn't be over the top or cheesy. I think she'd get it just right. And I mean, she's obviously at this point known as being very, very good actress. She's obviously yeah. had accolades and stuff, but that's my Christabella. Um, I went a completely different um, direction for Eddie Barzoon. I wanted my Eddie Barzoon to be a little bit younger and to be more of a rival to Kevin's character. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like when Kevin does get there, Eddie Barzoon, even though he's like the boss, kind of he's very threatened by kevin and then towards yeah. the end he's like you, you want to take my job so i was like it has to be the same age as kevin for me or at least around the same age and i went with somebody who can literally transform himself into anything um he's been in the sh- on the show mentioned between the two of us a million times and that is paul dano yeah and i just picture him being so jealous and and, and i think his role would be even bigger in, in in my version of the movie um but i went with paul dano you know, I considered him. We're doing um, we're doing Taxi Driver next week. I considered him for Travis Bickle. That's a great choice, actually. Yeah, I did. I end up going with somebody else uh, for a few reasons. We'll get to that next week. But I was like, okay, I could see that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I think that's that's a great choice. Of course, like that's you can put him in anything that works. Yep. So let's go to Mary. Uh, let's do Mary. I want to do my Milton and Kevin together because I kind of did a thing with them. Okay. But uh, my Mary, I have. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Okay. Who is, uh, she's, she's a beautiful woman, certainly, but she won't, she's not a fucking supermodel like right. Charlize Theron, you know, right, where it's right. just like, uh, okay. Um, you know, um, I, 
I, and she's, she's a great, she's a tremendous act, actress. Um, you know, and I think she should be in more stuff. And, you know, it seems like she is after she said uh, promising a woman uh, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So Carrie Melvin going, going with her for Mary, who do you have? I went with somebody who I believe is very attractive, but not super attractive to me. Yeah. And that was important to me uh, as well for the, for this movie. And somebody who I think has a range in, and, and again, needs to be able to do this crazy emotional change halfway through the movie mm-hmm. and make it believable. And I went with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, in my vision of this movie is just her. I just wanted to make sure she can just do that complete meltdown. And I think she really can. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going to do Milton and, and Kevin together. Okay. So yeah, before you do, do you have any runner ups for, for them? Yeah. That you were going to may, maybe choose. Um, I don't think so. Like I looked, I looked through sort of the list, but I kind of like, you'll, you'll, you'll see when I say it, I was like, I saw one of these guys and I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. This makes sense. Okay. So you had mentioned earlier, there's a scene in the movie that um, when Kevin is, is approached the first time, he's like, Oh, it's crazy that you're black, you know, it's, you know, whatever this movie, like touches on race, but it doesn't, like confront it really okay you know and i so my kevin is going to be john david washington and my milton is going to be denzel washington okay cast a father and son in the role of father and son here you go um now i think this works as well to make these actors these characters african-american because even though carrie mulligan is I think an incredibly beautiful woman. If he is, t- if uh, you know, and you can, and you can do, you can reverse, you know, if, if you make the husband and wife of a different race and make um, the woman at the office, I keep forgetting her name, uh, but um, yeah. Uh, Christabella. Yeah. Christabella. Yeah. Thank you. Um, if you make her the same race as the other, uh, as Kevin, and, and Milton, because I was in Milton's, they're both their father. And you make the, um, you know, the, the, the wife a different race from them. I think it adds another level to sort of the temptation of it. Right. I think there's, I think there's something interesting there. And of course, yeah. Milton, you want somebody extremely charismatic who can do both very genial and very menacing. Absolutely. And Denzel Washington, let me tell you, that's the guy for me. He's, he is, you know, and he he might not do it because he's like an extremely religious guy, but you know what? Fuck it. This is fantasy casting. He's doing it. So who do you, who do you have? What are you going with? Yeah. um, I, you know, this was, this was tough for me. Honestly, both, both roles were kind of tough. I will tell you that I did have a runner up for my Kevin and that was Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, yeah. But I did not end up going with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, um, but I'll do mine together just like you did yours. Okay. My Milton and Kevin, respectively, is Willem Dafoe and Adam Driver. Yeah. And I think Willem Dafoe, I guess my one gripe with picking Willem Dafoe is that he looks like fucking Satan no matter what. Yeah. He is. <laughs> so like he looks like the fucking devil, which is kind of like Al Pacino doesn't, but he can when he wants to, right. which is, again, tough uh, to, to, to replace Pacino. But I think Willem Dafoe, 
um, would just have a lot of fun with the role as well and do his own take on things. Um, and, and Adam Driver is such a great actor that I think that like he's going to be so believable in those very serious courtroom parts. And I could picture him going neck, you know, toe to toe with Willem Dafoe at the end of the movie. Like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And then I also in, in my movie, um, Eddie Barzoon's a bigger character. So I really wanted to see a dynamic between the rivals, Adam Driver and Paul Dano. Um, yeah. So definitely. I like the di- I like the dynamic a lot. Um, so that was my uh, those are my choices. That's recasting. Uh, what are you eating with this movie? What are we eating with this movie? Do we actually watch any food being eaten in this movie? They go to a restaurant at some point. I, I forget what kind it is. It's well, I, I know there's there's Spanish singers and Spanish musicians. Yeah, so I don't know if yeah. it's a Spanish restaurant, but something. Uh, I mean, it's something opulent. Another great moment we didn't mention is when Pacino puts the girl under the table and he just laughs. Smoking yeah. a cigar, like what a great like still photo of Pacino being the devil. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like are you kidding me? Um, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot of food eaten in this. I mean, there's there is a moment, I guess, where there's a montage where like they're both working really hard, and Mary Ann's eating Popeye's chicken while trying to paint or whatever. And this then movie brought you about Popeye's, and, and Kevin's eating like a cheeseburger, like from fast food or whatever. It's like a really quick moment that I did notice. No, um, this is this is a movie. This is like. If the devil's going to tempt you into something, eat over. You know, I'm going to eat some ovaries. Some, yeah, just some some ovaries. Now, I think maybe like some oysters. Some some seductive. Something like something seductive. He's the devil trying to seduce you. You know. Yeah. Maybe some oysters. I don't know. Uh, what 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 is some other aphrodisiac foods? I'll, you know. I'm probably going to go with some fruit, an I'm, apple. I'm going to go an, with an apple from the tree of Eden. I'm gonna go with pork lo mein and chicken fingers from Kowloon for this movie. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're going pad thai. All right, yeah, I'm going straight uh, Kowloon. Yeah. All right, so miscellaneous. You know, I have one. Do you have any? Uh, I mentioned the one with Charlie Theron being too beautiful for the yeah. role, and then the other one I have is just Al Pacino turned down the role like a zillion times, and at one point he said, "Why don't you ask Sean Connery?" And I just thought that was really random. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> What are you carrying all those bricks for, Kevin? All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so here's 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 mine. You, you, you touched on it. This song ends yeah. with painted black when the Stones have a song. I think it's just too on the nose, uh, man. It's too on the nose. Okay. Like this movie is not worried about subtlety. This I movie's mean, a well, lot of things, and subtle ain't one of them. Well, I mean, painted black is also like. That's also like demonic sounding and kind of like Satan, you know, but I mean, I get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. And I, I mean, the Stones even have an album called On Her Satanic Majesty's Request. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and that song is not on there. <laughs> yeah. But, well, but I get what you're saying. No, I, I, I get just, it. Give me go for it. So let's, uh, let's talk about the Oscars here. Uh, this is, let me see, does it get any nominations? It'd have to be below the line because this I mean, is kind of the year. how did Al Pacino not get nominated for this role? Well, he'd be supporting, and I think this year, this is a this is a this is a good year for supporting. This is, so this is this is ninety seven. We've covered this year before. This is the year of Goodwill Hunting. This is the year of Titanic. Like this is this is what's being being nominated here. So, you know, best picture, it uh, doesn't look like any, any nominations for Devil's Advocate. Uh, best pictures won by Titanic, 
The other nominees are As Good As It Gets, uh, The Full Monty, Goodwill Hunting, and L.A. Confidential. Oh, come on. Yeah, I'm not crazy about The Full Monty. I'm not crazy about L.A. Confidential is just okay, too. I mean, we had a whole episode about Goodwill Hunting. You know how we feel about that one. Go check that one out if you haven't listened to it already. Yep. Um, Titanic is not my favorite movie by any means, but I recognize the achievement of creating it. Um, I don't I don't know if I'd really stump for this one. I think that there's a lot of there's there's too many problems for this one for me to get behind it as best picture. But if you want to if you want to push it, um, I'm willing to I, to accept it. I mean, personally, personally, yes, but I can see why it wouldn't. Um, so we can leave it alone. I'm fine with okay. it. I'm more, I'm more concerned about Pacino getting a nom. <laughs> sure. We'll get to that one. Uh, I, I can promise you, you won't think he should win. Um, so best directing, uh, Cameron wins for Titanic, uh, Peter Cataneo for Full Monty, Gus Van Zandt for Goodwill Hunting, Curtis Hansen for Light Confidential, and Atom, A-T-O-M, Igayan, Ayuan. Uh, for the sweet hereafter, which I've not seen. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't, I don't way. think Taylor yeah. Hackford needs to be there, but I think that we both did, we we both think he did a good job. Yeah. So so best actor. So I guess we'll be looking uh, looking Keanu here. Uh, leading actor is won by Jack Nicholson for As Good as It Gets. The nominees are Matt Damon for Goodwill Hunting, Robert Duvall in The Apostle. Peter Fonda in Yuli's Gold and Dustin Hoffman in Wag the Dog. So just like Matt Damon, the kid and four absolute fucking legends. Yeah. I mean, we've had this discussion before. I think, I think Matt Damon did a good job. Yeah. It was a good job, but I honestly think that he stepped on Ben Affleck's feet as well. Um, a little bit personally, um, as far as like who takes the, who takes the lead role when the other guy gets to get shit on for the next two decades. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I get it. Can, if Cano doesn't make it, that's fine. I like his performance, but it's fine. Um, are we talking Charlize for lead or supporting? Well, I don't know now. I mean, it, it's not her story, but she's in it quite a bit. Yeah. But th- she's not in the whole end segment, so it's kind of hard to... Yeah. So, so let's say she's supporting. So we'll yeah. Look at that. Okay, so let's go to supporting actor. Okay, this is where Pacino would be. Yep. Do you know who wins? Do you remember who wins? Of course. Yeah. Robin Williams, Goodwill Hunting. Clear winner, I feel like. Uh, I mean, personally, if, if Pacino was in there, I would have been happy with either of, the, either of those wins, but that's just me. Okay. Other nominees, Robert Forster and Jackie Brown. That's Anthony a weird Hopkins and Amistad. Greg Kinnear in As Good As It Gets and Burt Reynolds in Boogie Nights. Robert this Forster is- and Jackie Brown is very odd. It's an interesting because that movie gets no real other love here. Jackie Jackie Brown is one of those like, if you're a humongous Tarantino fan, you probably have a very strong opinion on Jackie Brown either yeah. way. But Robert Forrester's he's okay. He's he's serviceable. I don't think he's Oscar worthy here. Okay, I'm, I mean I'm I'm okay with Pacino getting a nomination here. I think Pacino's a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah. Um, so if we want to knock out Forrester, yeah, we can do it. Um, but I think to me, Robin Williams takes it still so supporting actress so this is where we go with charlie's uh we go kim basinger in lh confidential wins uh joan cusack is nominated for in and out mini driver in goodwill hunting julianne moore in boogie nights and gloria stewart in titanic uh 
who that to me is like a bizarre nomination. I don't remember who who does she, she play plays that? old Rose. Oh, that is weird. That's a weird no- I feel like if I'm if I'm gonna nominate someone to Titanic for that category, it's um it's uh Kathy Bates. I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I I, I just yeah, I don't really remember her in it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, she's not even the like yeah, I mean it's it's a fine performance, but it's like there's not she tells a story and then throws a fucking diamond off a balcony. Like, right. It's, that's okay. She doesn't really do much. Right. I, I feel like if I'm picking someone from Titanic, it's probably Kathy Bates in that. Um, I mean, surely I've not seen all these movies, so it's it's tough to say. Um, you know, I well, LA Confidential, Titanic. What was the other ones? Uh, Joan Cusack in In and Out. Excuse me. Uh, in Joan Cusack in In and Out. Yeah. Mini Driver and Goodwill Hunting, and Julianne Moore in Boogie Nights. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all of them except for In and Out. Yeah. Uh, so I, uh, that's I guess that's I like that's Joan. The, yeah, that's the too. one. I, now that I'm thinking of, it, I was like, that's the one I haven't seen. Yeah, that's the, uh, I, I don't know that one, but so yeah, let's, uh, let's knock her out. Charlie's okay. then. There you go. Uh, sorry, Joan. Maybe when we have our In and Out episode in 40 years, right? We're fucking 75. We're just like uh, In and Out. In and Out was made in 1997. <laughs> John Cusack's sister. Everyone in this category is dead now. Um, you're like, you're like, Derek, what do you think? I, I'm dead. I die right there. And then <laughs> oh, my co-host is dead too. Meanwhile, we're still doing Al Pacino impression. <laughs> Back in 2022. But he's still alive. He's 130. He Al Pacino in Best Supporting when we did our episode on The Devil's Advocate. Funny enough, Al is still living. Al is still with it. Al is on the show. <laughs> Sound, he's the same. Yeah. He's, he's reverted back. He comes in and he's fucking Tony Montana. It's yeah, like, yeah. Man. <laughs> he's like, he's super rich, so he's got the fucking eternal life surgery. I got the I got the Benjamin Button disease. <laughs> <laughs> they reversed my age. You ever see that movie where they go to the beach and get old? <laughs> old? Think of the reverse of that. It's not Al Pacino, it's old Pacino. <laughs> oh man. I have been I have been my surgery was sponsored by a Japanese company. I am now Al Pachinko. Oh my god. <laughs> Pachinko. All right. I think we cool. uh, I think we burned that one to the ground. Yep. Um so uh now we come to the most important part of the show. And that is when we put 30 seconds on the clock. And Derek, you tell us why the devil's advocate is the greatest movie of all time. Are you ready? Let's do it. Doom, doom. Is this on? Uh, okay. I combined two triple H theme songs there. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, all right. Three, two, one, go. The Devil's Advocate, 1997, Taylor Hackford. I have always loved this movie. I think the performances are very, very good. Uh, Al Pacino's performance is great. Um, I think the story's a lot of fun. I think if you're into this type of movie where it's supernatural about the devil, I I always find these movies very interesting. Um, It's one of my favorite movies of the 90s, honestly, when I look back and think about it um, in general. Uh, It's a lot of fun. It's an A for me, Devil's Advocate. All right, 30 seconds on the dot. Well done, Derek. 
So that has been our episode on The Devil's Advocate. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, we hope you'll join us next week when we do another all-time class. We're going back to Marty. Oh, yeah. Marty Scorsese. (laughs) Scorsese. And uh, maybe, maybe his best, one of his best. In, in a lot of people's opinion, I think so, it could be an argument for top three. I think, I think there's, I think this one is probably recognized as his first real masterpiece. But yeah, for sure, we'll talk about what we think about it. And that, of course, is Taxi Driver, going from Chino to De Niro. Yep. So can't wait for that one. Uh, and then, in some order after that, we're not exactly sure. We're going to have Alien uh, with with Chris Bonapane on the show. Probably, who knows? Uh, depending on how schedules work out. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, School of Rock, Princess Bride, and Citizen Kane. So we are, and then we'll be uh, at our season finale. So uh, can't wait for that. Hope your list is uh, coming along well, Derek. I know mine is. Yep. Really looking forward to it. I did uh, get the chance to talk to uh, a couple of other people about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they have to say. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. Um, but we don't know what order that's coming out in, so just watch all of them. Uh, so next week, join us for, for Taxi Driver. That one we know for sure. Uh, I, as always, have been your beloved co-host, your lawyer guy for the devil. I work for the devil, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've had um, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your least favorite co-host, the big Al Pacino Bowski. Keep advocating, everyone.